my name is Paul Garns. I am executive producer on Queen Sugar. Welcome to the podcast, the Queen Sugar podcast, episode 710. And today I have two very fine guests that I'm very happy to have, and we can talk about so much sugar stuff. The first one is a director who directed this episode, but she came to us in season two and has become a long-standing Queen Sugar family member, Aurora Guerrero. Did I say that right? Aurora Guerrero. Aurora Guerrero. (laughs) We've been working on it. (laughs) And then secondly, we have... Someone I'm very excited to introduce because he's the, I don't know if he's the person you love to hate or it's the person you hate to love. Either way, it's David Jensen. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. (laughs) And so we're going to really kind of jump into Queen Sugar as a whole. And Aurora, you, you know, showed up early in the Queen Sugar cycle before people maybe knew what Queen Sugar fully was yet. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like for you? Was it something that you had heard about? Was there some burning passion you had to tell stories about farmers in Louisiana? (laughs) What was your, like, what was the thing that made you say, oh, this is an opportunity I want to go do? Yeah, I mean... um... I think anything that Ava puts her hands on, I am going to pay attention to because she's incredibly smart and she tells stories that are uh, complicated and center people that usually don't get centered. So that's what I'm all about. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I didn't know too much about the story other than that it took place in, uh, in Louisiana. And it centered farmers. But that was pretty much it. Uh, Really, it was about the opportunity to take part in making television, Mm -hmm. which I had never had before. Mm -hmm. So that also was a big pull, right? Um, And, yeah, all all the way around, it was was, uh, an opportunity I just couldn't say no to. Well, I'm happy you said yes, and uh, I remember your first episode was so strong. Ava was so excited about it, Yeah. Um, and it's been wonderful that you've been able to come back and be part of our all-star directors of the last season and telling, you know, really kind of the crescendo of our story. So speaking of kind of being around from the beginning, when we were casting Queen Sugar, most people are excited about the roles where it's, you know, the hunky farmer or the hot activist in the lower ninth. But we had a role that had to be kind of the person who would maybe be considered the villain, the antagonist of the story, Sam Landry. David, what was your, like, when you heard about the show, I know you were a very well-established actor in Louisiana already before we even started. Was there something that attracted you to the show I mean, you've you've been able to jump in so wholeheartedly and 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 portray a character that you know, although as a villain, I think has a lot of nuance to who the character is. Well, I I remember the audition. Now uh, everybody auditions by tape, and I love that you mm. know because you can you're you're the cinematographer, you're the DP, you like you know, and if you don't like it, uh, if my wife doesn't like it, you know, let's do another one, you know, <laughs> but. It was waiting for Ava, seeing people, you know, and I was the last person. I was, I was just exhausted, and I was stunned when I got the, I got the part. Hmm. And so I started studying, you know, uh, uh, sugar farmers, and and sugar is is like cotton in Louisiana. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's the story is so interesting, and um, 
And I, but I met a farmer. Uh, I was at a John Deere store one day, and uh, the guy was uh, he was he was call, um, called JD. And they say, JD, you buy any more land? And he said, I don't want everybody's land. I just want the land that adjoins mine. And I went, that's Sam Landry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And um, on a personal level, um, I knew early. Uh, I don't know when I found out that uh, he had a child, mm-hmm. and I just went, "Oh my God!" And then my wife said, "Well, you know, Betty, you know, the mother of that child is going to be Oprah." And I, <laughs> That's I what went, everybody thought. <laughs> Holy! You know, I was so, I was so excited, and I was so stupid. The first thing I said to her, I said, "Tell me, please, you thought for a second about playing Betty and she just she paid no attention to it she's she like no. no 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 Aurora what do you think about the connections that Queen Sugar has to the politics of the times the show's been very open about trying to address kind of very popular and maybe sometimes unpopular points of view when it comes to you know the treatment of black farmers you know we deal with the the concept of migrant workers yeah we deal with incarceration yeah things that you know don't typically show up in a show about mm-hmm. a family drama mm-hmm. um, but what do you as a director is that something that you connected with oh yeah definitely I mean like you said it's rare to work on a show that uh is open to explore those themes and on this show uh it's the opposite unafraid to do that but I also think that it's it always feels grounded you know what I mean like it's coming through these characters that a lot of people viewing them have come to feel them as real people Mm -hmm. right and then we put them in these situations that speak to what's happening in the country but they get to feel like, oh, you know, this is this feels real. Like this is what it looks like on the ground. Yeah. And I think that's important, right? That yeah. people can connect to, you know, what's happening at the school level where they're trying to ban books that mm-hmm. are authored by people of color and bringing that to the table. And I think that that's really important. And again, what I love about it is that it always feels grounded, mm-hmm. right? It's not like this thing we're talking about that lives out in the world, but... No, it's actually happening in your neighborhood, and mm-hmm. this is very real, and people feel that, and they can, you know, experience that through the show and talk about it and process that. So mm-hmm. I, I love that about Queen Sugar. And then do you feel like as an actor that there's that same sense of connection to the material? My gosh, yeah, I do. My father was a minister, and through the pandemic, I was just going, you know, the church really didn't do its job and the love your neighbor thing you know it, it, it's yeah it's nice to love your neighbor but it's not that it's you are your neighbor his welfare is yours and we're, we're like bees and ants but it's america so he's, I, I do what i want you know it, it it's it's just so lame mm. that the you, you come down to the reason that that a group of people cannot understand the lived experience of their neighbor yeah you know and it's and and you you say that and it just doesn't carry the weight of what you think it should but something like queen sugar you know people come up to me and go sam landry and i go oh yeah yeah i'm i'm sorry i'm so (laughs) sorry and and um 
they, go, they look at me with astonishment and, and go, come here. You know, give me a hug. And, 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 um, and I had one guy in Georgia. Um, I think we were in Covington, Georgia. Um, came up with his family, wanted a picture with the family. And, and I don't get that mm-hmm. ever, you know. And I'm, lo- I'm loving it, you know. And he goes, well, you're an actor, aren't you? And I go, I think I am, you know. And he goes, conflict? And I go, yeah. Yeah, he, he says, we all need an asshole. You know, and I just went, thank you. Thank you. You know, it was like the revelations keep on coming, you know, you know, so. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about and seems like it's been building over this time is Prosper and Sandy. Um, And you got the episode that, you know. I did. I was happy about that. (laughs) Have you done a wedding episode of anything yet? No, I don't think I have. I've done parties and stuff like that, but it's no wedding. Yeah, no, this was a thing. But I was so excited. Like I, I wanted it to <laughs> look fancy and good and just awesome. Like mm-hmm. I really wanted to celebrate their love. And I know that we're shooting it in the barn, but I remember talking to the production designer. And I'm like, I really wanted to have like, you know, like it be classy. They're classy, you know, and like really represent that love. And so really trying to create some some was, of that. It you was know, beautiful. It was, it was great yeah. to see, especially a, a couple of advanced age find love and oh how it's displayed, God. you know, and prosper. And, you know, and just just that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm 70. And, and, you know, you, you don't see that, you know, yeah. you don't see love in, you know, portrayed. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 uh, it's so helpful for every age to, it's still there. Yeah. It, yeah. It's happening. Yeah. And, you, and, you, and, and your vitality mm-hmm. depends on it, you know? So, and, and, and Henry is just, you know, so many times I would just, if I needed support, I'd say, Henry, let's just go sit and not talk, you know? Mm. And he'd sit there and he'd just... And I go, thank you, man. And I remember uh, in working with Prosper and Sandy, wanting to make sure that they felt really comfortable with each other. And everybody kept telling me, oh, yeah, no, they do. And I'm like, okay, okay, but I want to make sure that they're good because they're going to, you know, they're going to kiss and have, there's some intimacy. And I want to make sure that both of them feel really good. I mean, as an actor, how, how do you find it difficult to do those kind of scenes, intimate scenes, not necessarily, you know, just just to be close to someone like that. My my favorite scene, uh, you know, is when Betty comes and I, you know, I, I can't touch her, but I I want to smell her. Mm. You know? And um that was my favorite scene. <laughs> just to just to get a whiff once again. Yeah. What what it was like, you know. So yeah. yeah, you you do. I mean it's honest. Yeah. And I didn't feel the actors nervous at all. Like mm-hmm. I think like yourself, they were really looking forward to yes. having that rather the than moment. the stress of the farm and like the drama of everybody else, but mm-hmm. that they actually have their own little world and these moments that are just about connecting as human beings. Yeah. And they were just like, let's do it, Aurora. Whatever you want us to do. I'm like, Could we kiss could we kiss right now? Yeah, no, they were like No, no, but I know exactly (laughs) what you mean. Yeah, like in in the scene where um, Sandy and Prosper come back from their 
uh-huh. from their honeymoon and they didn't like where they were. Mm-hmm. So they continue to have their honeymoon at home. And I remember in my mind hearing music and I'm like, you know, if I were prosper, I'd want to set the mood, yeah, I love right? It. Put the record on. Yes. I was like, do we have a record player? They're like, yeah, can we make it work? Yeah. So I talked to, to Henry and I was like, you know, just enjoy the music. It's going to be great. It's jazz or whatever. And so I remember him like doing this whole thing where he takes, mm, off, takes his off his shirt, shirt. Yep. he starts dancing. I was like, yes. And he was so happy mm-hmm. to do it. I loved it. It was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to do that. Just when you were saying that, I just couldn't hear somebody putting a needle down. I'm getting sentimental over you. Yeah. That's that moment. Oh, yeah. And also, it's a moment. So it's a non-verbal uh, moment that. It's packed. Mm-hmm. It's just packed. You know, nothing needs to be said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, but absolutely. I, I know one thing that we were happy about, and, and Henry was happy about. Henry is an, you know, we, we've talked about this before. He's a adamant workout guy. He's 80 years old, mm-hmm. but he works out every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the one thing I know about him is like anytime he's coming in to, to, sh- to a show, he's worked with him on three shows now. Yeah. Um, he's like, hey, does where I have, where I'm staying, does it have a gym? I need a gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, works out every day. Yeah. And so, you, you know, he, too. you could tell he got to take his shirt <laughs> off. He has these arms. Yeah, yeah. He like... was very happy. <laughs> what I appreciate are those moments where these characters, especially people of color that we often see working really hard, like their mm-hmm. bodies are always seen sort of engaging in labor, mm-hmm. that there are other things that our bodies do, right? Mm-hmm. That we express love mm-hmm. and tenderness. Mm-hmm. And when we get those moments, I'm like, yes, yeah. this is important because we need to remind ourselves that we're more than just these machines yeah. that produce for yeah. these industries, yeah. right? Yeah. Or for survival or whatever. So that scene was really important to show that side of Prosper especially. So even though Sam Landry wasn't invited to the wedding, um, <laughs> the uh, legacy of who he is showed up because there was a fire at the, yes. at the adjacent uh, field, which it turns out was attributed to Landry's property. Mm-hmm. Um, and that prompted a conversation within the family about who should go over and try to figure out what Landry's up to, because we've been trying to figure that out this whole season. And Darla was elected to be the one to go over because the feel was she'd be the most unassuming one because Sam has had issues with so many of them in her own family. Mm -hmm. And Darla shows up with a little spunk. Uh Yeah, and not backing down from any of it. You know, I was trying every which way to to get something out of her, you know. And uh, it just didn't, it didn't, you know, thank you very much. (laughs) This is what I had to say. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many confrontations at Landry's office over the mm, seasons. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the funniest parts is that I think your office has been in multiple places. Like, we've never been in the same office. Twice. I know. Sam has like 22 offices <laughs> in Louisiana. I know. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's so true. Um, I remember that one down in the Central Business District. They had, um, God, the set dressers are just so great. And they had got this antique table. I hope you don't know. I, no, I know it. I was going to tell this story. Was that Ina May? So we're we're shooting on Carondelet mm-hmm. at a law firm. Yeah. So they they graciously are like, yeah, you guys can shoot in our office. And so we're shooting in the office, and they have an antique table. Uh, I, I don't even know at the time. We I don't know if we could even place what year it was. It's an antique table. It had a leather top to it. Mm. Uh, it was the center of their law library. 
And we're doing a scene. It was, you know, I don't want to say a super tense scene, but it was one of those kind of dun-dun-dun yeah. scenes. And David, who, which people would never imagine is, you know, has such a sense of humor and uh-huh. is a jokester. <laughs> yeah. As soon as we get to, like, that moment in the, and I think it was just a rehearsal. Wasn't even, we weren't shooting yet. David dives across the table. And he's wearing, because Landry is kind of this larger-than-life character, he's wearing this big metal belt buckle. Oh, ouch. And as he slides oh, across the, the table. table. Oh, man, David. And we were all sitting there, including the lawyer <laughs> whose office it was. We were all like, oh. oh. <laughs> and the idea was like a um, Get Groucho Marx thing. You know, it was just a slide up. And I was sliding for a while, but the L on that buckle, oh, man. this was like a plow. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden I hear, oh, man. Uh, it, some, it was some laughter, you know, but I know it, it said, that's not enough laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, the guy, the set dresser just had his hand in, it's just going, oh. Yeah. It wasn't God. our table, it was their table. Oh my and God. So we had, a, we had, it we was had, the law firm's table? Yeah, it was their table. We had, we had oh. quite a bit of negotiations about the table. Oh man. It, it turned out okay. It turned out okay. Yeah. But, uh, but it comes up all the time. Whenever David shows up <laughs> on set, they're always like, cover up all the tables. <laughs> well, I have a them. David story. When oh. we shot that scene. Oh, this is like Darla. intervention. I love it. And I the, I only had one scene that I shot with you in season two. So we didn't get to work much together. So, And we were running out of time for the scene. So I remember running up to rehearse. And I get into the office, and we're waiting for Darla, but I, I step in, and you're at the desk, and you go to sit down, and you fall off the chair. No. And I'm like, oh, my God. But no one else is reacting like that. And then Des is like, David, get up. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's kind of cold. And Des is like, no, he does this all the time. And then David springs up, and he's like, oh, okay, okay. And I'm like. What? What's going on? What, what, what world is David living on? Right I, 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 no, it's, I loved it. I loved it. it oh, really but Saturday me. night while we're at Oprah's, they say my name, and so I, I tip back. Paul is across from me, and I think God intervened, and and the chair wouldn't fall back. You know? <laughs> he was trying though. He was yeah, trying. Was, was trying. Were you holding his foot down? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I was just shaking my head like here. I was. I was just glad. Oh yeah, nobody yeah, warned the, me. The two big jokesters that. on set would be David yeah. and Tina. Yes, very oh, true. Yeah. Oh, oh, Tina's another one that we'd yeah. be like, get up off the floor. Too. <laughs> yeah, it's just so true. Yeah. So one other thing I wanted to bring up is one of the things that comes out of this episode, because of Landry's foolishness, Vi and Hollywood decide that they're going to go and find Betty. That's right. Um, and the episode ends with them at Betty's door. We haven't met Betty yet, but yes. um, what do you another think? I mean, that, this is your your last... Episode, I know. So you probably don't know what happened. I have no idea. I was, I was like, that? "Is Oprah going to be Betty?" I <laughs> and I missed out on directing that one. Um, yeah, no. I mean, just like Hollywood, who's nervous about who Betty really is at this point. How many years later? Uh, I was nervous for. We've been talking about Betty since season one. No. Oh, Betty's been part of the story. I, I mean, when when wow. we introduced the daughter when Amira came on. Which is one of my favorite reveals, right? When when uh, when they are like, uh, you know, come into the office and then tell my dad to come in. No <laughs> one would have imagined that Landry was going to walk in. It was just a great moment. <laughs> you know, Vi has been threatening Sam Landry with Betty yeah. since the beginning. Like she would always be like, "Don't let me go get Betty. Yeah. You don't want me to have to get Betty." 
And she's oh. from Mississippi, okay. so she, she's from Oprah's hometown. Oh, I see. Which is okay. why he thought maybe. Yes, everybody, I think a lot of people thought it's going to be Oprah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Vi is... She's He's done. Serious. It's She's over. Done She's going to go. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, we're getting to the last three episodes. Yeah. So, you know, some, yeah. some stuff is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But when she gets to that neighborhood, she's starting to wonder who Betty really is yeah. because she's not expecting her to live in this kind of middle class yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. Feels a little white. And so, yeah. I mean, we, I, we, I'm excited we, to get into the Betty. Landry backstory because it's Me one of those too. it's one of those great about pieces it. of the show that I love all the folklore yeah. around the show yeah we often uh, you know hypothetically talk about the borderlands from their early stories you know young Sam Landry and mm-hmm. Betty mm-hmm. you know young Vi yeah. and Jimmy Dale yeah. when True was still alive yeah. and Ernest like you know just yeah you know they were the Queen Sugar before the modern mm-hmm. day Queen Sugar yeah. that, that that drama was still mm-hmm. cooking even back then yeah but um, he, you know, he doesn't have a wife. You know, we don't see his wife. No. Uh, Colin Moss came and was well. Who was who was he? Um, he was a nephew. I yeah, guess. nephew. A nephew. Yeah. But it was like you know, you know, he just had no um, familiar connection mm-hmm. at all. But uh, he had a sister. Oh God. Oh yeah, the sister, she right? Was wonderful, <laughs> just wonderful. I mean, I love the the Landry's uh, drama between the brother and the sister. Yeah. Uh, all vying for property, trying to get, you know, alliances set up. And, um, I mean, it's just great to see the story play out the way it's yeah, playing out. Exactly. Really excited to see how the last uh, I cannot of wait the story happens. to see what happens mm. to Landry. <laughs> so, we have a little piece of this that we like to do, um, which is uh, where I try to give you guys a question and see if I can give you a hard enough question where you're like, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. You mean like trivia? Like trivia, yeah, but it's oh, real okay. Queen Sugar related. Okay. So, you ready? Wait, where's the button? <laughs> so, in this season of Queen Sugar, Vi and Hollywood take in the children of one of the workers who've been kind of associated with the family since season one. What was the tragic event that brought them all together in the first season of Queen Sugar? In the first season of Queen Sugar. Yeah. There was a tragic event that happened on the land. Was it the the hurricane? It was a hurricane, yeah. There was a, a death of one of the workers. Okay. Um, and these were all the, the family members, and they've kind of stayed consistent throughout all the seasons of Queen Sugar. Okay. But, yeah. All right. Woo. All right. All right. Wow. All right, David, you're up. Pressure. All right, David, because I am the, the car guru of the show, mm-hmm. I often try to stomp you guys with a really hard question, mm-hmm. which for you is going to relate to the first vehicle that we put Landry in. It's a very specific vehicle. You don't have to necessarily give me the model, but if you could give me the make. Ford. It, yeah, it's close enough. It was a Lincoln. It was the Lincoln oh. pickup truck. Oh, it was the pickup truck. Yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. Lincoln pickup truck because yeah, yeah. we were like Landry would be pretentious enough to drive like this, you know, pickup <laughs> truck, but a Lincoln, like a, you know, yeah, yeah. the most elite pickup truck out there. Yeah, and, and a farmer that really doesn't do anything. Yeah, they aren't hauling <laughs> anything in that, you know. Right. You're absolutely right. It was a Ford. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Well, I didn't do a good job stomping no. you guys, but maybe next time. Yes. Look, it, it was wonderful having you join us. And more importantly, it was wonderful for everything that you guys have contributed to the show. Would not have been the same without you there directing and certainly you there being the the foil for our characters. I got so much more back. Mm-hmm. I owe you way more than you owe me. Well, I'm happy that audience gets to benefit from the relationship and watch what happens to Landry. Enjoys your episodes and the setup that we have for the final three. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Oh, great. Thank you, Paul. Thank, thank you. Oh, that's terrific.